Hello and welcome everybody to our happy Saturday night lesson here on Newark United Pentecostal Church's digital campus. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, our loyal, faithful watchers and welcome to any first time guests. It's wonderful to have you with us tonight. Don't forget to find out more about who we are and what we do and what we have to offer in these times at newarkupc.info. We have information on our kids hub uh, in our uh, digital campus and what we're offering our children these days. We have uh, information on how to join a small group. We have information on submitting prayer requests, being part of our prayer team. And also um, if you'd like to partner with us in giving, all of that can be found on newarkupc.info. So <clears throat> I hope everyone's Saturday night is going well. Um, if you've tuned in this week, you'll know that this week uh, you probably learned to eat your dinner before the broadcast. I did. In fact, my plate is right in front of me. It's a simple egg sandwich. We went simple tonight um, because we have been doing a uh, study this week on things that are ew, that's gross, found in the scriptures. So if you've had enough of that topic, you'll love that tonight is the uh, final lesson for this week's topic. Um, I think, I, I don't know, the stories have been beneficial. Uh, we've had the dog and the vomit. We've had poop. Uh, tonight we're looking into cannibalism in the Bible. So I've got my friend here um, that's going to help teach our lesson. And um, so topics like that, you know, We've had fun with those this week. Um, I'm sure the lessons we drew from them could probably have come in a different way. Can't we learn about this stuff a different way? I, I don't know that I needed to know about these scriptures, but nonetheless, they're in the Bible we love. So we gave attention to them. <clears throat> and I think we can take a break from them for a while too. If anything, good table conversation, you know, if you're nervous in a gathering when we're doing that more and more again, nervous over a phone call or FaceTime or Zoom chat, you don't know what to say, now you got some fun facts. At least you'll be memorable. All right. Um, I want to kick off tonight with a story about, uh, I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder, Colorado uh, for my undergrad. And the cafe and grill there is called the Alford, that's correct, Alford Packer Grill and cafe. And some students, I forgot what year, but some students at the University of Colorado, uh, when the uh, cafeteria was built and being named, thought it would be funny and typical, you know, college student humor to name the uh, grill and cafe after a cannibal uh, from the mountains uh, in the 1870s when the quest from the Midwest West to find gold um, in the mountains, you know, of Colorado and, and onward to California was what everybody was doing. And apparently, uh, if I'm remembering the story right about Mr. Packer, he um, convinced a group of people heading uh, into the mountains to find gold that he knew where to go and how to get there. And so uh, he, I don't remember the circumstances why he was traveling himself, but he kind of 
attaches himself to this group of people. And he, in fact, didn't know where there was anything to find. He didn't know where he was going. And eventually, you know, the weather hits. It's the 1870s. Uh, I'm sure there was uh, snow, wind, rain. It's the mountains. You have that all within an hour's time. Uh, you know, the, the, the climb. Did they have sufficient shoes and uh, outerwear? So in the end, uh, the story goes that good old Alfred um, killed and ate the group he was with to survive until he stumbled upon a little town in which he relayed um, a story that they had all died and he was the only survivor um, so that the town, mountain town people would accept him and take care of him when in fact he had killed the group he was with uh, and eaten them to survive. So there's the cafe I spent many uh, lunches and breakfasts and some dinners in named after the cannibal in the Colorado mountains. Now, um, I wanted to just use that as a, as a, a fun little story to introduce cannibalism in the Bible as our, ew, that's gross. Is that really in the Bible or lesson tonight? Uh, there's not many passages about cannibalism in the Bible. There's a few. Um, and the one tonight that I'm going to take my main text is out of second Kings chapter six, verses 24 through 31. And I'm reading out of the NET for this passage, the Net Bible. This is where the Lord God is, uh, saves uh, the uh, er, kingdom of Samaria. It says, Later King Ben-Hadad of Syria assembled his entire army and attacked and besieged Samaria. Samaria's food supply ran out. They laid siege to it so long that a donkey's head was selling for 80 shekels of silver. That was a high price and a quarter of a cab of doves droppings, that's an ew gross, for five shekels of silver. While the king of Israel was passing by on the city wall, a woman shouted to him, help us, my master, O king. He replied, no, let the Lord help you. How can I help you? The threshing floor and wine press are empty. Then the king asked her, what's your problem? She answered, this woman said to me, hand your, over your son. We'll eat him today and then eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. Then I said to her the next day, hand over your son and we'll eat him. But she hid her son. Smart lady. When the king heard what the woman said, he tore his clothes. It was so upsetting. And as he was passing by on the wall, the people could see he was wearing sackcloth under his clothes. And then he said, may God judge me severely if Elisha, that's the prophet of the Lord, son of Shaphat, still has his head by the end of the day. So here by the end of 2 Kings chapter 6, Samaria is under siege by the Syrian army. That's what we just read. And God's people were in a extremely desperate situation in just about every way. The city had been under siege for some time. Food was scarce and very expensive. And food and provisions were simply not accessible to the people within the city. The famine in Samaria was um, the result of the siege by the Syrians. Their purpose being simple, 
and brutal that they would force, they would, uh, um, by starving, by starvation, its people into submission. It was so bad that it literally became life and death, which is, we just read the story of the mother eating a son and then wanting to, with the promise of another woman's son, tomorrow to eat. It was literally life and death. Circumstances were so bad. And we read that the king's response to this terrible thing being done as a result of the city being uh, overtaken in his kind of angered, crazed, desperate state, um, he said he's going to send a messenger to find the prophet Elisha, the prophet of the Lord, because the king blamed the Lord for what was going on and directed his anger to the prophet Elisha with plans to behead him. And the scripture says that Elisha knew that the king was coming uh, for him to take his life. And so he gave a prophecy when the king's messenger uh, who was sent to kill him arrived. Um, he said the Lord was going to provide for his people and not just provide for them. He was going to provide in abundance for them. And uh, if you recall a few weeks ago, uh, we did a lesson a series called What's in Your Hand? And we talked about this passage about how God did, in fact, rescue his people from the Syrian army through the help of an unexpected source, the lepers that sat outside their city gates as the rejected people of society. God uh, sent the lepers uh, to the enemy camp where they came across the abandoned food and clothing and money uh, supplies of the enemy camp. And so God truly provided in abundance when it looked like a very desperate situation. So cannibalism surfaces in scripture as a result of extreme, extreme desperation. Because you see in this story, food and other provisions had entirely disappeared, or at least they weren't accessible to anyone. And it had been this way for some time, resulting in the story of people turning to cannibalism. So one of the lessons tonight out of this you story is that God is the God of provision for his people. And he will provide for his people. It's a promise from scripture. And we see God fulfill that and prove that time and time again no matter who doubts in his provisions and his um, coming through with those. His provisions are abundant for his people. And there was no question in the story uh, that uh, the provision came from God um, because it was fulfilled just as Elisha had foretold it. God's people had tried to provide for themselves when it looked like God wasn't going to come through and their extreme de desperation caused them to turn to a terrible act such as cannibalism. So there's little lessons like these that, uh, that are weaved into these kind of gross details uh, of scripture. And they remind us about who God is and what his relation is to his people. But what makes this um, particular practice, this cannibalism, so terrible is that it's associated 
with evil or pagan practices that are ungodly and always in opposition of what God stands for in the very nature of God and who God is. So on a bit of a side note, but it's related, Genesis chapter 9 verses 1 through 7 records the covenant that God made with Noah. And he had given him instructions about what he had provided for Noah and his family. It says, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, main point tonight, just as I have given you grain and vegetables, but you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. God's instructions to Noah. So we read right here what God gave us to eat. It's basically why I wanted to read those verses. Um, and we also see this message of life in this passage as well. So coming back to the cannibalism story recorded in 2 Kings, the fact that something like this would occur as a result of God, um, God's people turning away from God was prophesied by Moses in Deuteronomy 28, verses 53 through 55. The siege and terrible distress of the enemy's attack will be so severe that you will eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters, whom the Lord, your God, has given you. The most tender-hearted man among you will have no compassion for his own brother, his beloved wife, his surviving children. He will refuse to share them with the flesh he is devouring, the flesh of one of his own children, because he has nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on your towns. So this sort of thing we see Moses speaking of, um, that the, the terrible circumstances that came upon God's people were a consequence of their sins and choices to worship other than God alone. And rather than appeal to God for help and turn back to worshiping the one true God, the king decides to kill God's prophet the speaker for the Lord, out of his disgust at the situation that his city had found itself in. Go figure. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse. How could it get more worse? Um, <clears throat> but this leads me to the main lesson that I'd like us to uh, take away from this grotesque story our God, the God found in these very scriptures, is the God of life. He is the creator of it, of all life. Genesis 1 and 27. So God created human beings in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And not only is God the creator of life, but Genesis 2 and 7 says, Then the Lord God <coughs> excuse me, formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God delights in life. He delights in your life, in each of our lives. <coughs> Reading about dust has made me cough. Excuse me. We're going to Psalm 139, 13 through 8. God delights in life. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. He records every day. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. It was always God's plan for us as his creation to live with him forever. That was Adam and Eve's whole purpose uh, in the garden with God when God created them. Their purpose was to just be with God. But the act of sin introduced a physical death into existence. And I know that I'm, I'm making these broad brush uh, statements tonight, but we just celebrated um, uh, uh, Easter, Resurrection Day, and <clears throat> in which we remember the meaning of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He was risen to life. Death could not hold him down. Because of the resurrection, we have the hope of life. There's that word. After the physical death that resulted from sin, when we find salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul teaches about this very hope in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45 through, 40, through 56. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the bleak of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. From when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to li live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. 
For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this is eternal life, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Amen. I Reading uh, this passage in Corinthians, to me, sounds like a prayer and a blessing on all those listening uh, to our broadcast tonight. And so with that, I want to end with this. We're ending with the hope. We're ending with life and the message of life, which is the message of the scriptures and the God that we serve. So this is the perfect place to end our ooey gooey lessons from this week. And I wanna thank you for listening on behalf of our Newark United Pentecostal uh, Church pastoral team. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll join us again here tomorrow, same time, 7 p.m. Uh, for tomorrow's night message, tomorrow's night, tomorrow's message that promises to be less messy, my sentence I couldn't get through, but the message will be less messy. And it is going to be a message you're going to be able to sit down and eat dinner through. So go ahead, bring your TV trays and tune in. We'll see you then. Good night and God bless. <laughs>